Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Welcome back to Drive Time Sports. Marcus Elliott is in central Arkansas, and we've got Kevin Hoopscoop McPherson with us. If one of y'all will punch his button, if I punch his button, uh, if we take a call, he gets cut off. Yeah. So if one of y'all can hit Joe's, Kevin's button down there and get him, him on the air. There you go. All right, Kevin, you having the, you having another wonderful uh, Thursday afternoon? Of course, of course. We got rain, and, and it's been raining all day Did and overcast, ever? but yeah. that, that doesn't dictate whether your day is beautiful or not, guys. You can you make the most of it. Yeah. It's been a, a busy day, too. productive we, we, day, <coughs> rain or shine. We've had uh, some flooding up here in northwest Arkansas in different neighborhoods. Not, oh, no. you know, not serious, serious, where houses are floating away, but but a lot of uh, a lot of flooding. But anyway, it's over, and uh, we've got about eight days of sunshine coming up after this. So that's good. Okay, Kevin. So yep. what have you done that's productive today, and did it have anything to do with basketball? Well, you know, I'm, I've, I've got a, a, a career job that I, I work every day, but also yeah. basketball's never. You know, if it's on a back burner, that's as far away as I let it get from me. Yeah. Usually it's on one of those front burners. But I'll tell you, you know, Arkansas's got a visitor arriving today, Ricky Council the fourth. Okay. Um, you know, the six six wing, the Wichita State. They call him a freshman transfer, but he played two seasons because of the COVID do over. They designated him as a freshman in his second year. So he's got last three season. Years. But you know Yeah, so he's got three more years to play wherever he chooses to transfer. Okay. Uh, but he arrives today for a weekend visit. So his visit, I think his official visit, actually officially starts tomorrow through Saturday. He told me he's got an early flight out Sunday, so he said he was arriving today. So <laughs> Why any, is he transferring? Now, maybe the, I'm sorry? I'm sorry, Kevin, I didn't mean to interrupt your, your sentence. Finish, and I was just going to ask a quick question. Oh, oh, and guys, I'm, I, I often don't hear others in the background, so I may just be talking when y'all are talking, so just interrupt me. No. But uh, Ricky Council should arrive any time, and you know, he put out a, a finals list of six teams. We talked about him on Tuesday that he was coming in um, uh, for you know for a visit with six teams. Arkansas is among those final six, but I think I've got a pretty good source that tells me it's really down to Arkansas and Kansas. And mm. um, so we're going to see how this shakes out. But anytime a player takes an official visit, you know we've seen with COVID with the transfer portal, these veteran guys sometimes just do virtual tours. And they weren't able to get on campus, and we see that recruiting moves a lot faster than a typical courtship of high school players. Uh, but Arkansas's been in on this young man for a couple of weeks at least, maybe a little longer than that. I know that they've met with him off campus uh, prior to this visit, and you know it could be something we see a commitment maybe sometime this weekend. It could be that he gets back and, and thinks things over, and I don't know what a, what other visit plans he has. But the information I have is that Ricky Council the fourth is down to Arkansas and Kansas out of those six. But we'll see what plays out and see if any of that is as accurate as it moves forward with him. And, and why is he leaving again? What's his? Why is he leaving? Well, yeah, why is he leaving Wichita State? Well, you just never know every player's exact reasons. I mean, a lot of players that have excelled at their schools are getting in the portal, probably to see to seek NIL deals or someplace that can serve as a better platform for further exposure to help him get to the pro game. You just never know. I don't know all those details. Um, I do know that multiple players, you know, it's a, uh, uh, a program that had multiple players at Arkansas looked at 
when you look at Trey Wade, who they brought in and had a, an excellent senior season, yeah. mm-hmm. and is now you know trying to try you know trying to find his way in the NFL. Um, uh, and then you've got teammates that he played with at Wichita State. Not only Ricky Council the fourth two years ago, but also Dexter Dennis, who's a grad transfer. Arkansas coaches also met with him. I believe that both parties have moved on at this time. But you know you've got several Wichita State. There's a you know once you kind of get momentum sometimes in recruiting with certain places, you just never know how many how many more players you can parlay that into. But Arkansas had great success with Trey Wade, and we'll see how it goes with, with counsel. You know, I guess the good news is is if Arkansas is being considered, that means that Arkansas is bringing, probably bringing something to the table in NIL mention, you would think. You know, I, I think that matters to players. I don't think Absolutely. that they're not well, you think? taking a hard <laughs> look at those things on every, you know, in just about every situation if you're looking to, be, to land somewhere. What do you now – that would apply to both portal transfers and, and high school players because it's on the table and it needs to be a, a part of their. It should be part of their consideration. I've talked to actually some parents that are less concerned about NIL as they are playing opportunity mm. and getting expo- exposure. Uh, so, I think for other players it might be the reverse. They may not have as going in as, as high of expectations about getting to the next level in a year or two. Maybe they're more realistic about and thinking the NIL deals are going to be what sustains them and helps them the best in terms of, of an income while they're while they're figuring out what they are for the for the level after college. So it could be different for different reasons for a lot of different folks. We know that all players that just about all players going to the Division One and high major level are hoping to play at the pro level. We know that, but but sometimes they come into it. Uh, with different expectations, especially with NIL, based on what may be seen realistic to them coming in as unknowns out of high school, especially some of these transfers, too. You know, a lot of them, uh, maybe they think that a combination of NIL and opportunity is the best path to get to a pro level, knowing sometimes that their stats go down. I mean, Stanley Moody was an example of that. Here's a guy that put up big numbers at South Dakota, transferred to Arkansas, with one season to play, to get to learn the game at a different level, get Eric Mossman's tutelage, who's been in the NBA. He had to know that his stats were not going to be what they were at South Dakota, but he wanted to be a part of something that helped him uh, take his game to another level and, and, and maybe advance his pro opportunities. Well, well not considering NIL for a second here, <clears throat> Arkansas has had this great recruiting year. What can counsel add to uh, this class or is he better than some that have already signed, or is this a matter of he's experienced and the others aren't, and Musselman wants an experienced player? Well, how does he benefit the program? I think it's a combination of things, but I think it's mostly the latter thing you said. Musselman has a history. He's proven that he wants to get in that portal and get experience. He loaded up on frontline players just about as soon as Arkansas season ended, all six, nine or taller, four guys that came off the board pretty quick. And we've had a little a little respite here while he continues to recruit the portal. But if you look at the names we've been talking about, they're all in that six five six six range typically to play a wing spot. And we've seen what he's done with those six five six six guys. I mentioned a Moody, Adis Tony, Justin Smith, even Jalen Tate two years ago at six six. You had guys that could defend multiple positions uh, from the wing to the two to the three. Uh, Justin Smith could even was versatile enough to guard to, to defend some fours, as was a Moody. 
Uh, but I think that's what they're looking at. And I think also this young man is, you know, average 12 points a game. He's working on his shooting game, but he's a slasher, very athletic. So I think they say a combination of things, including two years of college experience, that maybe offer something they don't have on the roster. And when you look at the recruits that are coming in, I mentioned the transfer guys are all six hundred taller. So that's a different position set. But when you look at the high school guys, yeah, there's five stars in there. When I look at Anthony Black and, and Nick Smith Jr. is on the ball, guys that are going to be more, you know, maybe pro- share, uh, share duties as primary handlers, splitting with one and two. I see Jordan Walsh uh, being a guy that's going to factor into that three-four combo, maybe a small, small forward and, 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 and a four in a small ball lineup. So I think I think there's a place for Council to fit in as a wing that brings different things to the table plus that experience from what the other guys they're bringing in have. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, if if nobody goes to the NBA and if Council committed to Arkansas, that would be 15 guys, wouldn't it? That's right. <laughs> okay. But these things That's have right. a way of working themselves out. And, Kevin, I'm suspecting that you may not say it on the air, but you may know some of the way these things are going to work out. Do you? You don't have to tell us, but you have strong suspicions well, in that area. Yeah, and I don't know that we. I've even used one example in the last few weeks. I may have, but yeah, I've, there's two or three scenarios that I've, I've, you know, worked out in in my mind based on feedback I've been given. So, um, has anyone been direct about this is exactly how that would happen? No, um, but but put together enough to I've got probably two or three ways I see that playing out. Because something has to give, yeah. Uh, and then you just get, you're basing it off logic at that point, um, and, and we'll see which one of those logical moves might happen. You know, and the other thing is when I look at you know this recruiting, it, it, it's not unlike Musselman to, to remake half his roster. This will be a first for him, re, you know, bringing in at least ten guys. And if things work out with Council, now you've got eleven newcomers out of thirteen on scholarship. Like you said, need to make room for two if Jalen Williams comes back. If Jalen, who, by the way, has been invited to the NBA Draft Combine, stays in the draft and they add counsel, then they've got one to, 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 to part with. So, you know, there's different ways this can go. Uh, but I do think uh, the way that he's recruited in the portal, even knowing what the numbers are, he's been very strategic about needs, uh, at least in the way that he sees it. And we know even if he doesn't get it perfect in his vision in the portal – by the time they get to mid-January and there's some bumps and bruises, they sort he sorts things out and, and and finds the path because we've seen the results. And so you just wonder at this point, you know, what collateral damage will there be if you're if you're over signing and you're going to have to push one or two out? Obviously, there's going to be some collateral damage, but when your program's having huge success and winning, fans tend to just focus on that. So we'll see how it plays out. Okay, well, we'll see more with Kevin Hoopscoop McPherson and Marcus Elliott when we return after this on Drive Time Sports. Drive Time Sports, tapped with refreshing sports opinion on the Buzz Radio Network. Well, we're having refreshing sports opinion from Kevin Hoopscoop McPherson. He's talking to us about next year's basketball roster and a transfer possibility that's in town. So, Marcus Elliott, Rick Schaefer with you. Uh, Kevin, I was looking at Sports Illustrated's website today, 
and they put up their top 100. They ranked the top 100 players available, excuse me, available for the draft. They had Jabari Smith of Auburn, number one. How about Shaden Sharp of Kentucky, number five? Never played a minute for him, and, uh, but number um, five. They had Jalen Williams ranked number 66. Now, that doesn't mean that he's not going to get drafted. It uh, doesn't mean that it's going to go in the way that they've got it all outlined. But the fact that they, and, and that's one source, don't even have him in the top 60, what do you think he's thinking right now? Do you think those thoughts can change with the combine? And obviously he gets to go to the combine before he has to make a decision to stay in or out. Where, where do you think that stands? These are great questions because when you're when you're not a surefire first round projection, you you you, you know there's a gamble there. Some guys, um, and it depends on what they can what what they feel like they can get worked out. And a lot of this stuff moves in shadows and behind what the rules are in terms of players getting guarantees. And then you gotta wonder, you know, how reliable are those? Some you know. Uh, players have been burned by that in the past, but other guys have been rewarded by going ahead and staying in the draft. So we get to see how it plays out. And like you said, the combine will, will, will further the, the feedback that, that, that Jalen Williams and his family are going to get, you know, uh, get. Working out individually with teams, there will be opportunities for that. Um, and so as he goes through the process, and then, but here's what happens on the combine invite. They are not going off mock drafts. They're actually the combine. The people that put that together, they're con- they're in touch with the teams and looking at their big boards and who they want in that combine. And so, to be among those sixty to seventy, yeah, you there are guys that go to the combine that don't get drafted. So it's not a guarantee, but it, but it you know based on the feedback I'm getting and some of the other stuff I've seen. He's really more most consistently mid to late second round, and I've had some. I've had at least one NBA scout tell me in the phone conversation that he had him in the early 30s, 32 or 33. Now again, mm-hmm. combine and other things will will impact that. And sometimes it's not just about your performance at a combine, but what's happening with other guys, guys that may have been valued ahead of you that you move ahead of, or conversely, you may be ahead of guys on most boards and they. They maybe perform better or, or turn heads, and they move ahead of you. So other thing, other thing, other factors are at play other than just how that individual does for themselves. Uh, Keith, or I'm sorry, Asher Recker, live fan feedback question from Russ, talking about the new ball players. Now, again, exactly when would the new freshmen be on campus? Yes, good question. So the freshmen typically freshmen move in. Uh, the end of the weekend or middle of the weekend of Memorial Day weekend. So that's the end of this month. Uh, players are going to start, from the information I've gathered, they're going to start trickling in on the 28th and 29th. Some might arrive on the 30th, but that's your Memorial Day weekend. Summer school starts pretty quickly. You'll have your transfers in, uh, moved in, and then you've got two sessions of summer school, and the players will be enrolled in school. You know, They'll already be taking classes. They'll get to do limited summer workouts. It typically starts at four hours a week, um, and you can have four hours in the in, in strength and conditioning and four hours on the court, and then it grows from there up until October when typically the full board practice starts with all the available hours and ramp up for the season. So things are going to go by pretty quickly here. We've been talking about all these players and their high, finishing up high school and these all-star games, and uh, now it's 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 moving on to in the onto campus and getting making it happen for real in just a couple of weeks. 
three weeks. You know, quick, quick question for both of you guys from George, again, of the Asher Wrecker live fan feedback. George wants to know, well, actually, this is about Michael Jordan. Do you guys think Jordan would be a be as dominant now as he was during the time when he played? According to George, George says, I don't think so. think he would. The skills of these players are now unbelievable. When Jordan <laughs> played, they barely had two seven-footers that were worth talking about. Iverson came in the league, and his skills were better than Jordan. <laughs> I, don't know if I'd agree. I don't know if I'd agree with that. but uh, I do not agree you, with that. Let me help well, you out a little bit with just some seven-footers. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar yeah. was still playing at a high level when Michael Jordan was in the game. David Robinson, Patrick Ewing, Akeem Olajuwon, later Shaquille O'Neal. Um, we, we got, I mean, I've just named a handful of guys that are Hall of Famers or top ten guys. Um, and I think there was more of a true center presence. So they're different games. The game now is different. I think Michael Jordan transcends to any era. Is I think he's the best to ever play the game, and I think that he would – you know, I'm not saying that that he would just come and be as dominant as he was then, but I'm not sure he wouldn't be because his will to win, to me, even though people say, well, how do you measure that? Just for just as much basketball as I've taken in, from my experience watching him, his will to win is on another level uh, than most players I've seen in different eras. So, Yeah, and, and I think translating players from one era to another is difficult to do. You know, no I, doubt. I, was th- I was thinking, okay, Will Chamberlain when you're average 50 points a game. Could he do that today? I, I don't know. I-, I doubt it because it's a different game, and they probably wouldn't be so reliant on one player uh, to do that. Uh, Bill Russell played right. on, in 13 years, played on 11 NBA championship teams. Could that happen again uh, with, yeah, it seems like similar teams are in it every year, but not the same team wins all the time. So it's just hard to hard to say, uh, would Babe Ruth be great in baseball today? If he had all the advantages that everybody has today, probably so. But but we just we can't say that for sure. Yeah. Do you have any more feedback there, Marcus? No, no. I'll, okay. I'll just well, chime. Yeah, I'll just chime well, in real quick. Uh, that that no, I, I I don't I don't I don't know. I think the point you guys make is true, but I think there are certain athletes in each era that probably transcend. Sure. And I think Jordan would be one of those guys. Yeah. Uh, just as I think LeBron would be uh, one of those guys. We'll we'll talk about yep. that twenty years from now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, if we're still doing dry LeBron is doing things right now that nobody has ever done at his age. No, no. The yeah. fact that he was in the chase for a scoring title, mm-hmm. and when you just watching some of the things he's doing now, no one his age has ever been able to do as late. It's, yeah. In some ways, it's maybe gotten better. I mean, it's mm-hmm. you know. Hey, let's go back so. with one question on Jalen. As you said, he's off training somewhere right now, and he's at the combine. I'm, I'm sure other players face this. <clears throat> You'd have to assume he's in good enough academic standing that he can take a semester off, and if he does decide to come back, he just comes back, takes summer classes, and uh, no problem being eligible. Is that the way you see it? It is, and I don't know what kind of setups they have with with online. They could take online. You're right, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm sure he's accommodated there as needed, but 
you know, he's been training. He's in Miami. I did. I think I did finally disclose yeah, that too. The, I've been saying I, I, I wasn't going to mention it, but it's out there enough that I went ahead and said it. But you know, um, it, it's hard to come back, um, and I think he'll make a decision based on all the feedback. I don't think he's going to rush it, and he hasn't hired an agent to this point. At least, you know, nothing that's been made aware to me. Certainly, it's not been announced, and he said he was going to give himself a chance to come back. So. But to do that, you, you, you can't, you don't hire an agent. There are certain agents that are certified that you can hire to assist and come back, but typically up, up and comers and starters. And that's why they agree to do that because the more established guys don't want to invest in guys that aren't going to stay in. Okay. Um, so they, you know. Okay, so we but, got about thirty seconds left. So let me ask real quick, uh, because you're talking about the scholarship limits. I've not seen the two from Rhode Island list on any top hundred list. Do you still feel like they will be coming? Talking about the Mitchell twins? Yes. Right. Yeah. I mean, they're in the draft pool. I'll be surprised if they stay in it. And and you just said, you know, and it's based on other things I'm hearing there. So I'll be surprised if they ride with that and don't come back to school. So you think if when Arkansas has its 13 scholarship players, they will be amongst them? It, 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 when they when they get to 13 one way or another? <laughs> yeah, yes. It depends yeah. on if Jalen Williams comes back and he's part of that yeah. 13. I think that would be a reason for them uh, to move on. I see. Okay. Very yeah. good. Well, Kevin, I hate it, but we've got to move on because it's time for a break. But thank you so much for a good 30 minutes, and we'll talk, look forward to talking to you again next week. That is Thanks, Kevin Hoopscoop McPherson. 